0: Literally some of the best messages from you this week look, the absolute cake would go to this made me laugh so hard. I had a beautiful mum come in and message me with her thanks, which I appreciate so much. But this one I had to share. She's like, Renee, this this explains a bit about my family. I did what you said. I've got a baby and a toddler and I made him get out the car, like you said last week. And, um, you know, I said that you need to put your hand on the car and, you know, while mummy gets the baby out and... On the way to him, putting his hand on the car, he tripped over the gutter and hit his head on the car. <laughs> I just, I know you guys must be laughing with me on that one. I was like, oh my gosh, that is classic. So things do not always go to plan, but don't give up. Don't give up. Um, I really appreciate your messages. Uh, so many of you have been telling me how you've been sharing um, this podcast with your friends, and I really appreciate that. Now, um, today I want to go the other end of the age group. I know I've talked a lot about little ones, um, but you know, there's so much to say at every kind of age level. And I want to today look at a huge topic to do with teenagers, um, which I'll definitely break down. You cannot do this justice in one episode. But even if you've got little ones, it is really important that you listen to um, to this topic today, because there is so much that you can do while they're younger that is going to affect your child when they become teenagers. So if you ever hear me talking about the teenagers, please don't switch off. Please listen and prepare yourself for those years, because I always say that What you do when your child is two, three, four, five, you are going to reap either way when they're 12, 13, 14, 15, etc. So, the topic I want to look at today is why teenagers rebel. Now, you might not like me by the end of today's podcast when you hear what perhaps one of the main reasons, but please just just bear with me. Just sit with me on this one. This is something that I had to learn big time. And the quicker we learn it, the more we're able to help our teenagers. So we got into a discussion at the Academy this week about whether or not the students' parents had made them go to church growing up. And so we were kind of all just sharing our stories about the different homes that they were brought up in. And this led to a discussion around whether it works or not for parents to hold the stance, well, while you're in our house, it's our rules and you go to church. Now, some students felt that that makes young people rebel even more. And then others were like, well, if parents didn't set some sort of standard, then a teenager could just do whatever they liked, you know, and that doesn't seem right either. So like they usually do, they come to me and they go, well, Renee, what do you think? Um, And they asked me and I said, well, you know, well, they said to me, if one of your kids didn't want to go to church, what would you and Cameron do? Like, would you make them go or would you give in and allow them to stay home? Now, my answer is what I kind of want to share with you today, because it relates to all teenage rebellion. It's just this conversation got me thinking. And I have wanted to do this topic for a while because it's clearly a huge one. So let me say, first of all, That rebellion, and I I said this to the students today. Rebellion really does not happen overnight. Now, I've heard parents say. In fact, I was in a coffee line the other day, and I was listening to two moms behind me, and one of them literally said said this. They go, "I just like woke up one day, and suddenly, so and so just got really rebellious. It's like it just happened overnight." But I can promise you, that's not the case. Uh, teenagers don't just, or a child or a youth never just wakes up one day and suddenly they've turned into this rebellious human being. It actually happens slowly and over time. And if any parent thinks that it happened just suddenly, then they were not paying attention. There would have been little signs, just just lots of little signs that would accumulate along the way. Now, it's a slow, slippery slope into rebellion. And as parents, we need to be less distracted and more engaged and in tune so we can pick up these slow changes. You know, often when our kids become teenagers and become more independent, we kind of, and particularly as mums, we think, oh, excellent, awesome fuel. You know, now I get to, you know, concentrate on something more that I want to do or put more of my time into my work or whatever it is. But I'm telling you, our kids need us just as much, if not more in those teenage years. It just looks like a different way. Like they don't need you to cut up their sandwiches Well, maybe they still do, but you know, they shouldn't, they don't need you to tie up their shoelaces and, you know, tell them what clothes to wear. And they don't need you to do all those kinds of things, but they really do need us. And they need us to be attentive and to be um, involved in their world. So, you know, your child best. So you're the best one to start picking up slow changes in them. So with the church thing, I said to this student, you know, your kid is not going to just turn from this compliant, obedient kid to suddenly refusing one Sunday out of the blue that they're never setting foot inside church again. So that was kind of my first answer. Now, this leads me to my next point that often parents blame the wrong thing for the rebellion that they detect in their teenager. Now, the first thing we tend to blame, and I know I probably you can fill in the blank, Hormones, you know, new, new hormones are you know raging havoc with their in their bodies, and you know it's true. Hormones definitely can play a small role in their daily ups and downs, but if we just go blaming hormones, then that means that you and your teenager are completely out of control, and nothing could be further from the truth. Rebellion is not out of our control; it's not out of their control. Now, hormones can affect behavior and our attitudes, but can they cause a teenager to make bad choices? Now, as a teacher, I remember we always used to feel sorry for any teacher that was teaching kind of year three and four, because it was just this known thing amongst um, teachers that around that age, that children got this new kind of flush of hormones and it could make them, act. you know, sometimes at school, you'd notice their behavior would be more, it's um, not even naughty, naughty is the wrong word, but you would just notice a change at that age. And that's because the hormones that we talk about all of a sudden rearing their heads as teenagers, they actually just doesn't start in their teenage years. Those hormone hormones begin When they're about seven and eight, and then continues until about the age of 12. Now, we don't go around saying about seven year olds, oh, they're so rebellious. You know, we don't say that a seven year old has good cause to be respectful or to lie or to steal or to defy authority. So we can't. Blame hormones because that's not exactly fully the case, even though, yes, it can have a small effect on their behavior, they can, you know, they can be more emotional and that kind of thing, but it's still not the main cause for outright rebellion. Sometimes we blame the fact that perhaps we think our parenting was too strict or other people would think, well, perhaps their parenting before that had been not strict enough. And that's why their child rebels, or perhaps the child is trying to find their identity, or it's because of the people they hang around. And yes, to a small degree, all of those things have a contributing factor, but what I'm about to say, it's most likely going to shock you because it shocked me when I first learned about this. Um, in fact, what I'm about to say, it's almost kind of offensive. I remember reading up about this when Georgia hit her teenage years because there was a little bit of slight tension between between us. And I was really afraid that it was going to escalate because it's like, oh my gosh, she's my oldest. Oh my goodness. you know, All these bad things are coming true about what people said that she's going to start rebelling. So as I do, you guys know me by now, I started reading up, asking around. And what I'm about to tell you is what I found out. And I'm telling you when I first discovered this, I did not like it. And here it is. I feel like I need a drum roll but I've got no drum kit here. <laughs> There's one in my other lounge. The ultimate source of teenage rebellion is actually a deficiency in the parents' relationship with the teenager. So, another way for me to say this, if I'm going to really cut to the chase, is it is the us the parent needs to take responsibility for a rebellious teen. Now, you've got to bear with me on this one. I'm not saying that they hold no responsibility, but I'm saying that a teenager's ultimate source of rebellion is a deficiency in our relationship. Now, please hear me. I don't I don't want anyone to feel um, judged here, particularly if you feel that you've done everything that you can and you perhaps have a child that's really kind of rebelling right now, because sometimes... You can be a really, you know, have really great parents that still have a rebellious teenager. Sometimes there are teenagers that just become flat out defiant and they grow into a defiant adult. There can be other factors like they get heavily influenced by a really bad crowd at school, or sometimes things happen to our kids that are out of our control, like abuse or bullying. But please bear with me. So please don't feel judged if that is your situation. But generally, generally teenagers do not usually rebel against authority. They rebel against relationships and their defiance is actually a heart issue and a moral choice. Let me say that again, their defiance is actually a heart issue and a moral choice. And it's not a rebellion against authority. It's a rebellion against relationship. And usually that's their relationship with you, the parent. So this is why you will hear me talk on and on in most of my episodes about those two things nearly every week. You will hear me say the word heart and moral heart, because it's really important that us as parents understand that raising them has a lot to do with, and like I said, I've said this a million times, shaping our child's moral heart. And if you've done a successful job of shaping your child's moral heart when they're younger, I promise you, you will find out pretty clearly once they become a teenager. And if defiance is a heart issue and a moral choice, then the responsibility lands on us as parents because we should be the ones that are teaching them that. So, going back to the conversation I was having with. The students at Academy. I said to this student, if my kids or one of my kids came to us and started rebelling against going to church, I can guarantee you that Cameron and I would have simultaneously picked it up in other areas because we we've been pretty attentive parents. Like it 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 just wouldn't have happened. Like, and none of my kids have rebelled in that way, but it just wouldn't have happened. Like if they were going to come to us, then usually there are other signs. So just be really attentive to other little things when it comes to your, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old. And then if we were being attentive and picking it up in other areas with their attitudes or behaviors, we would have chosen our battles, our battle wisely. So the battle then would not have been whether or not we make them go to church. The battle would have been to win back their heart. So if a teen doesn't want to go to church, it's because they're defying you, not because they're defying church. And if they're defying you, then they're going to do it in all sorts of other areas. Now, I know that this might be hard for some of us to hear. I get it. I really do. It was a hard bit of information for me to swallow or a hard light bulb moment for me to have back when there was that tension for that short amount of time between Georgia and myself when she was about 13 or 14. But I'm really glad that I accepted it. I remember reading this and just thinking, are you kidding me? So her rebellion is my fault? What? But I understood the heart of it that you know, the, the tension was because of our relationship, not because she was trying to defy authority. And so therefore that put the responsibility back on me to be the adult and to be the parent. And I'm really glad I accepted the responsibility because that also put the power back in my hands to change it. So if there's a rebellious teen in your house or there's family tension or or there's been a big blow up of some sort, I really want you to take heart. It just means that a lot of little things must have accumulated that perhaps you've missed, but now this is your opportunity to to reset. It's your opportunity to say, you know what, this blow up, this tension, this rebellion that I'm seeing rather than seeing it as something to be afraid of. Instead, you can see it almost like a gift. Okay. I know it's a bit of a backward gift, but it's the gift of you being able to say, I've got the opportunity to find out what's at the heart of this and then to reset and to change this. So one of the most important things that you can do is to stay connected to your teenager at a heart level. And this once again is established when they're children, when they're younger, is to always find ways to connect with their heart. Now, I think this is one of the best ways to rebellion proof your child, if that's such a thing. So again, let's go back to the church scenario. So I said to that student that if one of our kids came to us and said, that's it, I'm done with church, I wouldn't be legalistic about it, about our child coming to church. I hope I would have picked it up in other areas, but if I didn't, I wouldn't have been legalistic because I would understand that it is actually about far more than church, that getting them to church is not the battle hill I want to die on. Instead of coming at them, we would come alongside them. And that's a really powerful way to keep your kid's heart engaged with you. Stop coming at them. Give them a sense that you are on their team. You are on their side. Make sure they know that you are for them. You are with them. You are alongside them first and foremost. So since we were already talking about Georgia, let me just finish off with a practical example of how I did this with her. I think I might've shared this before, but I'll say it again. Maybe I haven't. If I have, I'm sorry. I apologize for saying it again, but it just really fits here. Um, so I remember having that bit of tension with her. And don't forget too, for those of you who, you know, who are Christians, who have the same Christian worldview that I do, you, you can pray too. And I remember praying and going, Oh, help me Holy Spirit. What do I do here? I don't want to, you know, I want to be able to Work this out now. I don't want to feel like I'm going into her teenage years blind, not knowing what to do. Um, you know, just going from one reaction to the other. And so, prayer is a really powerful thing to do. Um, and the other powerful thing to do is find someone who's got really good teenagers a couple of years ahead of you, um, or someone who. Um, well, listening to this podcast helps, um, but you know, find someone else and get alongside them and go have coffee with them and ask them questions and pick their brain. But what I did with Georgia at that time is I thought, okay, if I'm going to take responsibility and if this tension is not because she's defying authority, but because she's um, reacting to our relationship, then what can I do about that? And again, like I said, Cameron and I very much parented our kids to always connect with their hearts and to shape their moral hearts. And so I thought, what can I do to try and understand her? Because we obviously are missing each other. And so just this really basic thing, but I, I felt like it was God brought back to my memory a book I'd read years before, which was the five love languages. and um, And so I just thought, oh, I wonder if there's a bit of a quiz, an online quiz. There must be something like that online where I could maybe find out what her love languages are, because then if I am clear on that, then I can help make sure I love her in the way she receives love. And so I got her to do this like easy peasy online quiz. And, um, and so she did it and I came back into her room and the next thing we started chatting and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but to be honest, I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to the parenthood episode. So she'll never know I've said it, but, um, but she, I remember I came in and all of a sudden she burst into tears and I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay is this good? I'm not quite sure. Is this her hormones making her cry? I'm not quite sure. And I said to her, okay, sweetheart, like, you know, what's, what's your love language? How do you receive love? And so it turned out that for her, it was words of affirmation. And I said to her, why are you crying? And she's like, I don't know. Um, And then I said to her, is that because you understand yourself better? And she like nodded and, you know, wiped her snot and yes. And so it was a light bulb moment for her and for me because she all of a sudden understood herself a bit more, that she received love by being affirmed. And I don't I don't know why that made her cry. Georgia often would cry and never know why. <laughs> she still is like that now. I don't know why she'll tear up and go, I have no idea why. Um, but I remember then just saying to her, oh my goodness, because me, I don't give love very much by by affirming by, with words of encouragement. And so no wonder there was tension between her and I, because here I've got this 13 or 14 year old who receives love by words of affirmation. And here, here's me doing the complete opposite. I'm nagging her, having a go at her, telling her all the things that she was doing wrong. And that's where the source of her rebellion was coming from. It was my fault. It, and I took full responsibility, but when she understood herself a bit better, it it literally gave her relief. And I think the reason was she realized that she wasn't a bad, rebellious girl. She was relieved that there was a reason why she had been feeling so angsty. And that was honestly, I just literally had never a moment's issue with her after that. I mean, obviously there's, you know, I'm not saying she's perfect and I was perfect. There was the usual kind of family, you know, dynamics or whatever. And um, George is actually funny because <laughs> she doesn't get angry very often, but when she does, it's like comical because it doesn't happen very often. It's fun. We actually all laugh, but um, she just was the easiest kid ever, but that was just such an epiphany. So what I'm saying is with your teenager, with your child, really understand who they are. Seek to connect with their heart. And there's so many ways that we can do that. And we've ran out of time today, but, um, we probably need to talk about how we can do that. But, you know, having conversations with them and sitting and listening with them and asking them questions and, um, you know, doing the love language test can be very, very powerful. If your child, um, receives love by quality time, and you barely spend time with them, then they're not going to feel loved, even if you love them with all your heart, which of course you do. So that's a really huge one. So I would encourage you to do that. Even with your child, you can sit down and do that love language test. Anyway, so there you go. I hope you still love me after that, after I've pretty much told you that if your teenage rebels, it's kind of like your responsibility. I don't want to say fault, that's like too full on, (laughs) but it is our responsibility and we can do something about it. So anyway guys, thank you for being with me. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. Let me know if there's any particular topics you would like me to do. And please make sure you come along and join me for my Freedom Chronicles. I did my first one um, last, well, this week just gone. Um, uh, I just started off talking about freedom and why none of us are free right now. So many of you, so many of you coming in and inboxing me and just saying, oh my gosh, thank you for standing up for that. I really think we are in a time where we need to stand for our freedoms. All of us should have the freedom of choice right now um, when it comes to a lot of the stuff that's going down in our society. So come join me because next week I'm going to talk about the whole ideology of safety versus freedom. And this is a big one that we should listen to as parents because we don't want to cotton wool our kids um, and you know teach this false ideology that the biggest thing in life is to be safe. So come back for next week. Love you guys. Have a wonderful week until then. Bye.